This is an Area Code podcast. This episode of Table of Malcontents is brought to you by Useful Group, the best digital marketing agency in the world. That was a good radio voice, Dave. Dude, that's what I got, man. But I'm telling you, they are awesome. They're full service, social media, advertising, rebrands, design, websites, strategery, as Debbie would say. They've done a lot of good work with us at Lifeway, in fact. I'm telling you, man, you got to check them out. So they can help you, your business, your church, ministry with all of these things. Just go to usefulgroup.com. That's right, usefulgroup.com. You're listening to The Table of Malcontents, where Aaron Armstrong, Dave Schrader, and Nick Reinerson talk about the books they love and a few they really don't to help you be a better reader. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of Table of Malcontents. I'm Aaron, and with me as always is Dave. Dave, what's going on, man? Feeling it, man. Feeling the vibe. You're feeling the heat. I'm feel- Dude, it's always hot boxing. That's true. It's... You know, I'm telling you, man, yeah. I got my robe on. It's good. That's right. <laughs> That's right. He's got it closed for once. Though, man so. spreading under the table. <laughs> Just a bunch of dudes in this room. Don't worry. Wait a minute. That could be weird. Okay. It is weird. This episode has already gotten weird. And we're only we're like 20 seconds in. All right. Well, well you, you know, go. that's a new record for us. So uh, 20 seconds in, it's already gotten weird. We're done, everybody. Good night. S- side note. <laughs> All right. <laughs> is it? My mom asked, like, uh, this was a couple years ago. She asked, like, <laughs> your mom like, doesn't listen to this no, podcast. No, she, does she? uh, she's listened to one or t- she's listened to a couple of them. Yeah, but she <laughs> she was like, I think she read something like People magazine. She looks at me one day. I think I'm home for like Thanksgiving. David, do you manscape? <laughs> like mom i'm like do you know what that means <laughs> she's like yeah i just read about it do you manscape i'm like mom I, I'm, I'm not answering any of with this. all yeah. of this right now yeah. oh there i feel go. like we harassed our audience i know uh this is not yeah. been the start that we so desire no it's my fault yeah so, oh well it's there okay you well you know this is what happens we've got uh We've got to do some crazy stuff right now, what with our post-Barnabas future and all. I um, know. <laughs> you know, listeners, we hope you had a great Christmas. Um, you know, by by the time this episode is dropping, even though it's not yet Christmas for us, mm. um, we it will, uh, it will have all passed and the credit card bills will soon be here. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's okay. You're going to be all right. You're, <laughs> You're going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Is it? Okay. Is well, it really? Well... Yeah, because they're not in the studio with you, with okay. your manscaping. <laughs> in my man spreading. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Whatever All right. It is. We, let's move this forward here. All right. <laughs> I want to talk about books. We want to talk oh. about books today. Oh, we I suppose a, we, we should. We, we do. Have a we, guest. we do have a special guest. We do. We have our, our good friend, Nick Reinerson. Hi. Hi, yeah. guys. Nick, how are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm as the kids say, I'm vibing. I'm just vibing right now. You're vibing. vibing. That's yeah. what they say. That's what, what young does, people what, say. You what does that say mean? Yo? I, have say, a, I have an intern. I do say yo all the time. That's not. That's not. That's old. Yo, that's MTV fine. Raps. Come on. No, no, yo should never go away. Yeah. No, because I think Breaking Bad by. brought it back a little bit yeah. too. Um, I mean, you just insert yo into like every sentence. Yes. Is, yeah. It, it's the a. I would of, like the Canadian a. Oh yeah. You know yo. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah it's, for sure. it's the it's the it's the Chicago A. 
Mm. You know? Yeah, really. So that's a Chicago thing right now. Still. No, I'm just. <laughs> you're just. You're just, I'm just, gonna, gonna, you're just Chicago. Gonna, I'm just throwing I'm like, something I'm out. Like, oh, okay. I appreciate that. Thank you didn't you say for... like Cairo, Illinois, or something like that. Cairo. That's that's way. That's far away from Chicago. That's, that's basically the South. That is Illinois way is a weird down there. state. Illinois is like a microcosm of the whole United States. Okay. Like mm. you've got you've got the North. You've got like the North. You know. Mm. You've got basically Wisconsin, and then you've got the South, which is like. A lot of Confederate flags in southern Illinois. It's not That's even a border fascinating. state. No. Not even a border state. The irony. Wow. <laughs> it's a land of Lincoln. Lincoln, Lincoln would be yeah. really upset. I guess so. Yeah, he would yeah. not be happy about that. <laughs> I'm not happy about anyway, that. Anyway, I'm just, as my, my intern taught me about vibes, we, mm. we do what's called a vibe check every morning, which is basically okay. a mood. Um, and then you just put what your mood is, and it's called uh-huh. a vibe check. I love Gen Z. Guys, Gen Zs are my favorite. They're mm. my favorite generation that exists right now. What, what, what are they bringing to the table right now? Fun words. Fun words. Fun words. Give Most, me some more words. Joyful nihilism? Uh, yeah, joyful nihilism. Um, let's see. Oh, there's a great um, there's a great Instagram account called the um, the, uh, the Gen Z Bible. i got to find it. Oh, me, good. It's the Gen, I got, and I'll have I'll give you some some Gen Z Bible verses mm. that are absolutely, as they would say, on point. It's called the GZT, and it's amazing. So let's read one. All right, here's one. Psalm seventy five. The ESV says, "Sorry, that's what they use." Um, I'm CSB guy, but we'll mm. go with it for now. Um, it says, "We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near. We recount your wondrous deeds." The GZT. Hey, thanks for keeping it lit. Thanks for keeping it lit, Big Chief. Lit, lit. The That's whole, another the one. The whole like lit thing is is really amusing. Um, my my kids are coming back. Just everyone is bro now bro. as well. Bro. Well, are, not are bro. they bro or bra? There's uh, a difference. They they're doing both because a lot of the bro, movies they bro, watch or bra. Bra bra's like bra's like nineties like nineties uh, surfer LA. dude. That's California. Yeah. California. Yeah. Um there's a few movies that there's like characters like animated ones that say bra and that's yeah. really funny. Um Yeah. I I just I just keep thinking Johnny Utah. Anytime I hear hear uh, someone do so that. So good, man. So yeah, good. a little point break action. there are some movies out there that just they're so bad that they're good, and I love them, and I'll always watch them when they're on, and that's it. Point, it, break, point on. break is one of those. It's so fun. Yeah. It is. Um, and, you know, I, I just <laughs> – and I'll tell you this. I, I've now watched the first John Wick. I've not seen the second or third yet, but mm. I'm sold. It brings me back to a special place. Like, I, I love that dude. <laughs> I'm so glad Keanu Reeves is back in the last five, six years. I'm serious. Yeah, oh, he's great. He, I mean, Keanu's right. had this bizarre career resurgence. Yeah. Gen and Z loves him. Oh, yeah. They love him. I'm. You know what I'm really excited about, though? Well, it's 2020. In eight months, on my birthday, there is a brand new Bill and Ted movie. Whoa. Is that when it comes out? Yeah. Okay. I thought yeah, you were going to say there's a okay. presidential election uh, that you can't uh, vote in. No, <laughs> no, we don't talk about that here. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with nope. this, man? Nope. <laughs> yeah. Nope. It's 2020. More important, more important than anything else, there's a Bill and Ted movie that is coming important. out. And I'm so happy about that. So fascinating. Yeah. I have heard he is one of the nicest people in the world. Um, mm-hmm. Like, he, yeah, he's definitely up it's there. because he's Canadian. He's, is he uh, Canadian? Uh-huh. Is, is he, he really? Yeah. Okay. Well, how do you explain Neil Young? He's not very nice, but he's Canadian. He spent a long time in America. Is it because he's a rocker? He it's just because he's a rocker. He's I mean, I love Neil Young, but he's just he's got an edge to him that I That's don't true. associate with That's true. most Canadians. Yeah. Although uh-huh. I did hear who was it? Somebody somebody during World War II said they could win any war with German generals and Canadian soldiers. Who was that? I want I want to say Patton, but that's probably wrong. No. 
but so, okay. somebody somebody of of significant okay. like political and military importance during the Second World War said that, and it's true. You can Google it for me because okay. I don't know who it's not sure what to do with that. I wonder if it's yeah, Churchill, Dave. You should know if it's Churchill. Could be Churchill. Don't it know. Sounds like a Churchill thing to say. All right. I don't know. He likes to just say stuff. He does like to say words. <laughs> Well, not anymore. He's dead. But we well, talk. he's dead, Aaron. <laughs> well, <laughs> dead. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> he's coming back. <laughs> oh, he's really upset. He's, he's really upset. upset. He's been nursing that scotch for a long time. Oh gosh, yeah, he has cake, champagne, scotch, all of the above, man. Yep. yep. All right. Well, all speaking right. of uh, some misunderstood music artists, we're going to talk about misunderstood authors today. Ooh. All right. And when Aaron and I were going to have Nick on the show again, um, we knew that there was, there was a problem with the episode we had him on, the very first one. He talked about an author a little bit too much. A little yeah. bit creepily. Well, it was your fault. Stock you told me to talk about him. That's a good point. Um, but we didn't tell but, you to stalk him. But the one thing we didn't talk about <laughs> is, and uh, the author is Wendell Berry, the the and go listen to that episode. It's a great episode if you really want to get to know the works of Wendell Berry. It's a little weird because of the way Nick's fascination is with him, but we love him. So not everyone does, but you That's hope fine. to convince people. But he also falls in an interesting category of misunderstood authors, and mm. we'll talk about that. But also before we go there, there's an interesting thing we did not talk about is what happens in your office. Apparently. In your office, you talk about Wendell Berry a little bit too much, and all yeah. of your colleagues have what they call a Wendell Berry swear jar. Explain. Yeah. yeah, so I I'm not allowed to talk about Wendell Berry as a general rule. Oh, but I because I talk about him so much. So instead of just telling me not to talk about him, we have a jar, and I have to put a dollar in the jar. Well, it's it's a virtual jar. It's a yeah. Venmo jar at this point, but. I have a jar, mm-hmm. and whenever I talk about Wendell Berry in some situation, somebody will just go jar, and I'll. It's kind of like on New Girl, the D bag jar, like, but it's just the Wendell Berry jar. So uh-huh. I, I have gotten better, and we will place a ceremonial, imaginary Wendell Berry jar in the middle of the three of us, and so you will hear nothing about Wendell Berry, and if you do, I will owe both Aaron and Dave money. All and right, maybe, okay. maybe you, the listener, as well, All right. depending it, how bad this is. I like it. It could be book credit. How about that Ooh. for the sake of this show? All right. Yeah. It could be McKay credit. Do you think we could get, like, yeah, like yeah. Parnassus to like, sponsor us? And, like, <laughs> every time I talk about Wendell Berry, the dollar uh, off for the day. We would, we would, we would welcome that. We would, we would absolutely it. welcome no. their sponsorship dollars. Yeah. Because yeah. we do they love would. Parnassus. Yeah. yeah. I, I went in there yesterday for about 15 minutes and spent way more money than my wife would be happy with me spending. Yes. I know. Are you going to tell us how much? I spent like 80 bucks. Oh, yeah. good for you. That was yeah. So you bought like three books. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, one was a signed uh, yeah. Sean Brock cookbook. So but, I'm but, really you know, excited about that. But that's especially why I go in there. Like the signed editions are fantastic. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Somehow they're signed directly to you, even though it's the first time you've seen that book. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> that's good customer service. Yeah, that's Absolutely, right that's really good. No, that's a big part of their business, though. Is like they're signed to first yeah. edition club. They have like people. I mean, that's a great idea because she, I mean, Patrick gets she's her connections with all these top authors. It's yeah. huge. Our friend Lay Finger, I think, signed a thousand copies for them. Yes, and wow. I'm pretty sure they're almost sold out. But uh, I would that's expect impressive. so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really Just impressive. his latest book. That's not, right, Virgil Wander. So yeah. Yeah. it's a great book. Cool. Such a good book. Cool. But all right. uh, so, all right. So, Swear Jar is is on the table. Now, yep. Wendell uh, Berry yeah. is a fit. That's the last time I'm going to say Wendell. 
Well, right then was the last time I'm going to say Wendell Berry. So I'm now done saying Wendell Berry will accept that time. So now we're good. I'm okay. Just okay. Assume all right. That Aaron will be bleeping uh, also. Yeah, <laughs> we might. Likely. Yeah, we'll have okay. to bleep Wendell Berry in post. Okay. Wendell Berry. <laughs> okay. We fix Berry everything yourself. on this show in post. Yes. <laughs> what you guys don't realize is I re-record everything you guys say. So yes. smart. Yes. That's how you guys haven't gotten in trouble yet. <laughs> well. No, it's no, it's just more that no one, no one who can give us trouble listens to this show. So that's, that's great. That's true. Yeah. That's do it. Well. I was thinking about this uh, this episode in terms of how I think it would be useful for people. See, I said useful in there. Useful. Yeah, there you go. <sighs> no, but I, I uh, there are authors that I've uh, read their books for years that have had a tremendous impact in my life, and you, you naturally want to learn a little bit more about who the writer is, like what kind of makes them who they are. And the first time I discovered that type of author was like J.D. Salinger. So you read Catching the Rye. And then if you Google him today, it, everything just says reclusive author, you know, hides in the mountains of Vermont or wherever he lives. New Hampshire, Vermont. Um, I think he's Vermont. I think he's New Hampshire. I could be wrong. But I don't know. Up, up in that region. All right. So but the point is, like, he wrote his books, only a few of them, short stories as well as uh, Catcher in the Rye, like Franny and Zoe and so on. And uh but essentially, they, um, you know, he never really appeared in public, really, post like 1950, whatever. So I always thought that was fascinating, saying, OK, what makes someone want to do that? I remember the movie Finding Forrester. I love that movie. It's great. You know, mm -hmm. it's Sean Connery playing the version of he's basically, playing J.D. Basically J.D. Yeah, exactly. He is. Um, but, like, the reasons why are fascinating to me. And I, I don't think J.D. Salinger has never fully answered that other than I just want my privacy. Some people just want their privacy. But but um, before I go into some of those, the one I had in mind with you was David Foster Wallace. Oh, yeah. Which I've never read in his books. That's, I'm sorry. He's, he's great. I'm a big David Foster Wallace fan. And so I live in Bloomington Normal, Illinois. And um, David Foster Wallace taught – at Illinois State, which is my alma mater and in normal, uh, for several years after he wrote um, If It A Jest. And yeah. mm -hmm. so he was like at the height of when he became really big, he was living in my hometown. Yeah. And he's an interesting guy. I, You could call him a, a, a recluse. I think he, you know, he still did. There's a whole famous movie about him doing a tour and being really uncomfortable doing a tour. Mm -hmm. um, but he, I wouldn't call him a Salinger type in the like, Mm -hmm. you know, live in the woods or just like shut out the world. But he kind of had that same vibe. And I feel like there are a lot of authors, like like disproportionate, a lot of really great authors who like have some odd relationship with the world. And so, yeah, David Foster Wallace is really interesting. I'm just like Dave, like he's my buddy. He's not my buddy. Um, he's unfortunately <laughs> passed away. Um, but he, uh, so he lived in Bloomington and my dad is, he's he's been the textbook manager at the, college bookstore at ISU for like 30 years. I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah. Really? And so oh, obviously, cool. you know, David would have to come in and, and like request his textbooks and hang out. And he was friends with some of the people who worked with them. And um, so he kind of like his reclusion was almost kind of, I don't want to be necessarily in the literary scene. So he really like, I think he liked sort of quiet Midwestern life, but he also just was kind of, kind of odd. I remember my dad telling me, yeah. he was like, my dad says the first person he ever saw in public with a laptop was David Foster Wallace at an Applebee's sitting <laughs> alone drinking. <laughs> you can't make this in up. In Applebee's? In Applebee's. Yeah. 
If I'm getting the story mm. right, it was an Applebee's. You know, a telephone happens, but I'm pretty sure it was an Applebee's. Oh, and he sick. was sitting there with a laptop in probably the late 90s. And the way my dad recounts it, which is just classic Bob Reinerson, um, but was like he was he was looking around seeing who would notice him. You know? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, he just kind of had this unique kind of presence. He was He was present, but not at least, you know, from... You know, his experience at campus. He had a very just didn't wasn't your literary guy hanging out in New York with his literary buds in the same way. Right. Fascinating. So, you know, I was wondering with someone like him, how is he not recruited to some other like Eastern University as well? But you're kind of saying like the nice thing about an Illinois state and living in like rural Illinois is the fact yeah. that you can kind of escape. Kind from, of, you, can, you don't have to be a part no of would, the, yeah. yeah. You don't have to be in the center in the hub yeah. and yeah. which is kind of the appeal in a lot of ways of it. Because right. it's like you can still do what you're going to do. You can still yeah. – there are amenities. We have a good airport. But um, true. you can kind of be outside of like you have a good the airport? epicenter. We have a great airport. Do you really? Okay. Central Illinois Regional Airport. It okay. has flights to Chicago. <laughs> To Atlanta, <laughs> to Minneapolis, to Orlando, to St. Petersburg. But not Nashville. But not Nashville. No, oh. you have to go to Midway or then, then, for that. Yeah. I just, I usually just drive. It's like six hours. Yeah. Because it's like, that is the only thing. If you're flying to like the East Coast or the West Coast or overseas, it's great because you can just hop to Chicago and then you're there. Yeah. But if you're going somewhere that's like a six or seven hour drive, you're like, I'm going to be at an airport for seven hours anyway. Mm. So I just, it's fair. Just drive everywhere. It's I love fine. it. It's fine. I love it. It's fair. <laughs> but it, so you never met him, though? No, he yeah. he, he moved away, like, when I was a kid. And okay. He wasn't, like, good friends with my dad or anything. Yeah. So, um, no, but, and I and I knew that he had taught there. Like, you kind of, he's one of those guys, like, Bloomington doesn't have a whole lot going for, on for us. Like, uh, Abraham Lincoln had a law office there. Um, hmm. What's his name? Basketball guy. Oh, he's a big, oh, Aaron's going to <coughs> Sorry, guys. That's okay. That you you jog my memory. You need a pause. Um, you good? Yeah. I just, Why don't you take a break? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, right. do you need to pause the recording? Uh, no, we'll keep recording. Keep it. Okay. Keep oh, okay. Oh. Uh, Doug Collins is from Bloomington, and then uh, Daryl from the office went to college there. So that's really about really? all we've got. Okay. So I'm John Malkovich. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. But that's about all we've got. So we oh get really gosh. excited when we get something, you know? Yeah. Like Oh yeah. And so David Foster Wallace was only there for a little while, but yeah. Everybody's like you just more people know about David Foster Wallace who aren't readers in yeah. Bloomington probably than most places. Oh sure. So Well, you know, if you're a writer, uh, I'm just thinking like I and I, I know I have seen the movie. It's the last tour. Is that yeah. what it is? Into the tour. Into the yeah. tour, thank you. It was a great movie. I really Yeah, Jason Siegel was really good. He was, yeah. And I and and, and I get it. Like, if you're an introverted author, of course, like, your happy space is kind of being alone. Um, I think I know, sure, it's got to get tricky when you're writing about such tough subjects. And that's why you can see there's clearly going to be mental health issues sure. that go with some people. Not that all of them do. You can be an introvert and not have those issues. But, um, but, but they have to kind of get in this kind of mode to be able to do what they do. And the question is, like, do they have a healthy relationship with the outside world? And that's fascinating. So I yeah. look at someone like J.D. Salinger. I'm like, this seems like it's overblown. Whereas like then you got like someone like Stephen King who the discipline of writing, he's written a lot about it. Yeah, he'll lock himself in uh, in terms of his community pretty, pretty well. And then he'll come out and you'll see him in a Red Sox game mm-hmm. or something like that. So he kind of like there'll be periods of time when you're in writing mode where you just lock down. Yeah. I get that. Um, I I just wonder, though, like, you know, you think about, right, like, and these guys, 
or and girls who get um, acclaim and fame for writing about really tough, painful, hard things and, you know, kind of bearing their souls and their life in a lot of way. You know, it's kind of like like musicians and artists, like like the toll that that fame can have, especially for doing something that's so vulnerable. I mean, I, I don't know if I were to ever have a massive career change and become a famous fiction author. Um, it seems like a natural progression for you. <laughs> I hope, but uh, <laughs> like I would, I would struggle with that. Like having to, like the intimacy with this whole world, like, and, and, you know, how do you handle that? And, you know, you hope that um, these people, some people handle it by having a good support system and a good foundation and, you know, a good understanding of, of life and faith and community. And, but, that's that's not a gimme, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. not that not that those authors and you know we won't go off too far on it, but like you look at a lot of musicians have the same the same thing where um, it's probably really hard to be a a insular hidden musician because you're whole, you're performing that's how you're making your money. But I think like Bob Dylan is a great example of this. There's a there's a great interview with uh, Jim James from My Morning Jacket, and they were touring with Dylan mm-hmm. back in like like four or five years ago, and um, how did, did I miss that tour? Oh, it was Gosh. amazing, dude. Yeah. It was so I saw hmm. I saw My Morning Jacket, Wilco, Richard Thompson and Bob Dylan together. It was it was insane. That's was, like uh early 2000s like hippie music right there. That's pretty good right there. It was it was like amazing. It. Yeah. yeah. That that mid-tempo rock and roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like intellectual college indie kid music. Yes. Oh yeah, that yeah. was that was my jam. Very good musicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh Jim was like, yeah, I, I pictured that we would be, you know, Bob Dylan and I would be like on the tour bus swapping songs. And he goes, I never even met him. Wow. <laughs> he never met him. Really? <laughs> they toured together and they didn't meet. Yeah. Dylan would kind of go off in his corner and uh-huh. he'd come back on when he, mm-hmm. I'll say this. Uh, I know this is, I'm talking musicians here, but Dylan is notorious. I have heard this about Dylan. Um, I remember seeing him live and I'm like, eh. I have thoughts. Give me his albums any any day, um, and absolutely, I feel the same way about um, uh, Van Morrison. I love his albums, but I don't like him live. Mm, yeah. he, he riffs too much. He's very jazzy, and, mm-hmm. and you either like that or you don't. Yeah, I don't. So you can't do like a jazz version of Brown Eyed Girl, for example, and he'll do that. Well, he'll try. Well, yes, you can. No, but, but should you? Should you? Yeah, yeah so, exactly. All right, contra. I will. Yeah. I will have a counterpoint for Dylan live. Seeing Dylan live is not seeing a show. It's like going to like St. Peter's Basilica or like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. But, it's like seeing what if an artifact. Appear, but all right, I'm gonna counter that again. Like, what if it's like <laughs> you're countering the counter? I'm countering the counter. Wow, it, it appears like you're phoning it in though, because that that that's when I see someone like that. I'm like, come on, man. Like, people paid good money to get in here. Like, I, it's get, just, but it's 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 Dylan. It's the Sistine Chapel. Music, twentieth century music. It's Dylan. Yeah, but remember too that not everything Dylan has done is good. Oh, I know. Shot of Love, Self Portrait. Mm. Yeah. I mean, if he could do a show like Coldplay or Dave Matthews Band, then I'm telling you, man, that would be it right there. Although his early his early shows, you listen to live, (laughs) you watch. Aaron's a big Coldplay fan. And a good so. day to you too, Aaron. <laughs> you and your yeah. finger. Yeah. Look, look, kids, it's here. I've got an itch. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah, Dylan. His early shows. I mean, you look like watch like the Rolling Thunder review concert tapes and some of his stuff from the sixties and 
six in 74 with the band and like it's really incredible and like yeah it's kind of tapered off but i will say i've seen him i've seen him four times mm-hmm. right. uh and I've always seen him, except for the last time I saw him, with somebody who puts on a better live show than him. So I saw him first with Willie Nelson. Then I saw him with Elvis Costello. Then I saw him with Wilco, Richard Thompson, and My Morning Jacket. And then I saw him solo. And the last time I saw him, by golly, he was good. I mean, he was – I mean, I came in with tampered expectations. But, like, you could hear what his set list was good. He kind of danced a little like an old man. It was really cute. Old um, man dancing. Old man dancing. Oh, no. It was great. Oh, it no. It was awesome. We don't, so, need that. we don't need that. So no. it's like when you lower your expectations, it's really wonderful. Oh, okay. There you but go. But it's like, it's like seeing. Well, well like, I guess it's, it's because you don't have anything else to compare him to in that moment. Yeah, I never saw him in, like, 76 with, you know, Ramblin' Jack Elliott and Joan Baez and the Rolling Thunder Tour or anything. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. only, like, 12. That's true. All right, Aaron, do you have any other uh, reclusive authors that uh, you think of? I have a few more I'll rattle off to see if. uh, uh, Well, I mean, Harper Lee definitely qualifies. I'm glad you mentioned Harper Lee. Yes. Well, and and I have have some thoughts and some feelings about Harper Lee. Um, That book, To Kill My Bird, has had more impact in my life than most books. And. So, yeah, she writes her book, mm-hmm. and she essentially has a life more or less in hiding in Alabama. Yeah. And, of course, you know, there are rumors that it was Truman Capote who helped write her the, write the book or write it all together. I don't believe that. I believe any good friend helps the process editorially yeah. but wouldn't do something like that. Now, where it gets fascinating is, like, sometimes you realize when you wrote one of the best books of all time – yeah, is there, is there more reason to write? She did do some other things, and she would speak occasionally. But for the most part, she stopped doing interviews and so on. And then comes late in her life, go set a Watchmen, yeah. which is the prequel, technically, right? Mm-hmm. To uh, Prequel, uh, sequel. Prequel, se- yeah. It's got a little bit of it, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, because, I mean, the characters are grown up. But, it's, right. but depending, on, depending yeah. on the story, it's... Base. It's she really it, early she re- drafts. She wrote of... it almost kind of before and didn't do anything with it. Yeah, and <sighs> I'm so cynical of stuff like that. Well, I know, and so, and all I know is I knew she was very unhealthy when Harper Collins published it, and I I refused. I mean, based on some comments I saw from her agent and so on, that they did not. I don't think they really wanted it published. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. I, I don't. I think if I'm Harper Lee. I've created one of the most beautiful characters of all time, Atticus Finch, and he's essentially ruined and go set a watchman. Mm-hmm. Now, I've not read the book, but I've just read things. I kind of came to that point. I'm like, I'm not going to read this. Yep. I can't. I yeah. cannot do it. Right. Um, I, I will say this one of the things. So um, when my wife worked at uh, University of the South Swanee, mm-hmm. uh, there's like this really cool old, it's called Rebel's Rest, and it's kind of like a little bed and breakfast thing. But um, – like, no one's there except the person staying there, and there's a nice guest book. And I saw Harper Lee stay there the week before I was there. When she spoke, I thought, I want to rip this page out that she signed. You know? <laughs> That's so cool. I know. Uh, this has been the days when you like, take a picture with your phone. I'm like, this is amazing, Brooke. I'm looking at her. This is crazy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was a rare occasion. Yeah, she would speak, and that was you know, only a couple hours away from where she lived. I think it's probably why she accepted something like that. that but means, yeah. Yeah, she wasn't really traveling much and lived in yeah. her small town, and that's it. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you have you have so many of those, and I mean, you have, I mean, obviously extreme cases like Emily Dickinson, and mm-hmm. like um, Kafka to a degree mm-hmm. didn't want any of his stuff published. 
but yeah, there's some. There seems to be some like, at least undercurrent of a lot of writers, a lot of good writers, um, who just don't want to play the game. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, about that. Well, mm-hmm. even uh, Bill Watterson's like that too. Oh, I um, that. Calvin and Hobbes, mm-hmm. um, which. It's funny to put him in in this category. No, he deserves a Pulitzer. About, I love but, Bill Larson. Uh, oh yeah, it's like brilliant yeah. stuff. Um, I mean, he he did the exact right thing with Calvin and Hobbes in that he left when it was still good. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't let it drag on. Um, he didn't let the quality suffer, and that's why we all remember it and love it so yeah. much. It's like British TV shows; they don't go they don't go into like season nine, you know. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, Seinfeld learned from him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Quit while they want more. And uh, um, the British Office. I mean. Yeah. You know what? I've never. Well, I've watched like an episode. It's, I mean, it's just on. so. I know it's good. It's so so it different. is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. different. Yeah. Um, but I think I think that there's something important there, and I mean he's done a great job of protecting his his intellectual property as well. Mm. Like anytime, just listeners, anytime you see anything with Calvin and Hobbes on it or one of those two characters, it is not licensed. It's actually illegal. Which so, you always, I mean, really? you see a lot yeah. of those, especially on like big like diesel pickup trucks. That's right. Calvin peeing on something. Yep, that's right. I've wondered about the IP of that before. Those are not authorized. That's good. I want to give them a ticket. I just want to pull those people over and like give them a ticket. Yes. And I think you should. I will. Except that they have guns. Yeah, they're armed and I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, That's not going to go well. (laughs) Maybe you can just talk about Wendell Berry with them. Hey, I can't say that word. Don't tempt me. I will talk about (laughs) I will talk about Wendell Berry. You gotta bleep that out? We'll see. You can go to Wendell Berry yourself. See how that goes. See how that bleeps wow. out. <laughs> okay. We can edit that in post. Interesting. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, it's we'll actually it a compliment, but it sounds like an insult with a beep. Mm. Oh, That's how everything sounds with a beep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, That's sometimes Dave says, Dave says really nice things, and I bleep them out, and they... Sound really Just offensive. Because, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, great. Thanks. Thanks a lot. That's right. Um, in fact, on our episode with all the swearing, there wasn't really that much swearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't swear at all during that episode. All right. But I apparently was bleeped. You, <laughs> you swore in your heart. I did. Thank you. A oh, lot. I definitely did that. Yeah. Yes. A uh, lot. And with uh, your fingers. Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Um, a few other authors I'll throw out there. Uh, William Faulkner is has been rumored to be that way in the past, of course. Um, Cormac McCarthy. Mm, like, do you, when do you see Cormac McCarthy out there? Never. Like, never. Yeah. Right. He's one of those people, too. I would love to sit down and just listen to him expand upon stories. And, oh, it'd be fascinating. I don't know if – maybe he wouldn't – maybe that would be really hard for him to do. You know what I mean? Because, like, how Depends. do you... So, you know, it goes to this conversation we're having. Like, so are, can you at least be good one-on-one with someone? You know mm. what I mean? Versus, like, I get being in a crowd of people and having to interact, like, the cocktail party-like thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that. There's, I don't know that many people who just love that. Some are oh. okay of just putting up with it and we'll put it on. The not very good writers really like that. Yes. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. That's the media, a thing. Like, that's the thing, yes. right? Is, is You're right. They're, like... I don't know many really great writers either directly or um, who are or just by reputation who aren't a little bit odd. Yeah. And who uh, like sure. who don't love to yuck it up in like the like 
yeah. intelligentsia social scene. Right. Like, you just, I just think, like, for an author, like, I think the worst question to ask Cormac McCarthy would be, like, so what is, you know, why do you, what, what does the kid represent in Blood Meridian? You know, like, <laughs> that'd be the worst thing to ask him because, like. Really? Would it be worse than, so what you thinking? <laughs> I think that'd be better because because then, <laughs> then he can tell you what or, he's thinking about. But like, or do the I, would I, or, I would have to censor that though. So I, yeah. I also wonder like a lot of like deeply allegorical writing. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much of that is intentionally allegorical because sometimes you're like it's coming from a deep place and it's not. It's like you can express it with words, but I almost don't know if you could express. You could talk. It's harder to talk about. Which is why I think good criticism is so music is the same way. Good criticism is so hard yeah. because talking about something that is in in a sense expressing longings that are too deep for like logical, cohesive, non-narrative conversations is well, no wonder you wouldn't want to go to a cocktail party in on the Upper West Side and like talk about it, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what's prevented me from doing it for all these years. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that, that's that's, why, it. I, that's yeah. why I stay away from the Upper yeah, West absolutely. Side. Absolutely. The Upper West Side of Nashville. <laughs> I'm a Greenwich Village guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Bronx. <laughs> the Bronx. So good. I hang out so across good. 110th Street. <laughs> well, and there's one other thing I'll bring up too, the difference between just being reclusive because of a level of awkwardness and then there's just privacy yeah yeah i understand like some people would call jk rowling a bit of a recluse like no she needs privacy mm-hmm. you know she's too much of a public figure to wear and, and that goes with any celebrity i guess too yeah. like you know they you know someone probably loves the limelight but at the same time yeah. i'm like dude you gotta have your own personal well, life well and you know that's actually one of the things that i love about living in this area is there like there are a lot of celebrities who live in in like in the greater metro area um and there is an unspoken rule here of leave them the frig alone <laughs> whenever they're in public yeah like you ever violated let, that before no have I, you i did who did you violate who? I, I have, <laughs> who did you violate i did i did i i violated Barry. the celebrity no <laughs> all right tell so, all right, I will. I'm going to caveat this and say, like, I am. I am not a. I've seen plenty of celebrities. I've did a lot of work in L.A. for a while. Like, you just run into them. I tend to not. Yeah. I have only approached a celebrity two times, uh-huh. and one of them was in a Nashville coffee shop, which I realize is a taboo. Mm-hmm. But it was Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. And um, I was really yeah. low key about it. Yeah. I went up to him, just very like, I didn't make a thing. I didn't get a picture. Yeah. I said. I just said, oh, hey, you know, I really appreciate your work. Thanks so much for your, I love your, what you're doing in podcasts and audiobooks. And I just think it's really like your your scholarship is really helpful. And I love that you're, you know, doing scholarship for the general public. And then yeah. I said, all right, have a good day. And I left. You know, I yeah. didn't stick around to like, I just, and I wanted to make it really, but I'm like, I so appreciate him. And I thought mm-hmm. like, if I was him, I would appreciate somebody like in a situation where I, he wasn't like talking to somebody, he yeah, was, he was just kind of sitting there, yeah. And so I just, hey, I really appreciate your work. Have a good day, yeah. You know? well, um, well, yeah. remember when you told me you ran into him? At least you were texting me. Of course, I'm like, where's the picture? You know, and you didn't violate that. Didn't that's it. I don't yeah. picture. Yeah, I don't yeah. picture. Yep, Although, that's good. I broke the picture rule once. Really? And so this is okay. This is you the have uh, more. This, you apparently this, is, this the is a theme and only time that I have approached. A public figure in public. Real public figure or Christian public figure? A mix of both, actually. Okay. So I it was Cornell West. Okay. And so yeah. this is 2017. It was the week after Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. And I was in the Atlanta airport. And uh, 
I actually, to, to preface the story, had been on a flight with Cornell West like three years earlier. And I was like, it's Cornell West, it's Cornell West. But I didn't say anything. I was just like, it's really neat. And I told people. And um, But so this time, I was right behind him. And the Charlottesville stuff had really, I mean, that, that shook me, you know. And, yeah. um, you know, I was, I was traveling that week. And so I was on my way back. And I was sitting at a Five Guys for breakfast eating just a giant honking egg sandwich. And I look, I turned around because there was like a bit of a hubbubaloo um, behind me. And Cornell West is there. And you cannot miss Cornell West if you see him in public. He has this giant big hair. Um, he's a he's a, a scholar from, from Yale, I think. He's written a lot on, on race and justice and the church and the black church. And he's just a really, really powerful public figure. And he was just arrested in Charlotte. And um, so I turned around. I like kind of gasped. And he kind of looked at me. And I, so I kind of was like outed, you know. And uh, so I said, you know, I'm just I'm really thankful for um, – you know, what you did in Charlottesville and for your writing and for your, your voice. And um, and he looks at me and he looks me in the eye and he goes, what's your name? And I said, Nick. And he goes, brother Nick, stay strong. And I just started crying. Mm. Like, because I mean, he was just, he has that magnetism. Mm. And he's like, would you like a picture? I'm like, yeah, I would. And so Robert George took our picture. And nice. it was my Facebook profile for like three years, two years. Nice. I remember that's that. Awesome. Yeah. That's anyway, awesome. That's fine. So my re- my anti reclusive. Well, I think you can get a pass on Ma- Malcolm Gladwell because he doesn't live here. Yeah, that's and fair. so yeah. mm-hmm. that's a good point. And that's a yeah. key yeah. thing. Yeah, is is so the Nashville rule is specifically for celebrities who, who live, live here. Oh, here. That's, yeah, that's good to know that I didn't violate. Yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, you should like, still be cool anyway. Got to be cool. But. I've heard like when Tom Hanks has been in town, like he's hung out in East Nashville a couple places, and I'm like, I'd be going crazy. And you know? yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. but I mean. People are kind of most people who live mm-hmm. here are kind of used to it. That it's mm-hmm. like, you know, there you you're gonna mm-hmm. run into one of the guys from Megadeth at Whole Foods in Franklin. Mm-hmm. Um, actually happened, um, but <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> wow, I mean, just, um, just wow. So these are the things that you just you just deal with in in the Nashville area, right? So makes sense. Um, all right, guys, um, that was good. That was good. You know what? It's time for. Well, should we should we say if you're a reclusive author and would like to come on a public podcast, please let us know. Mm. <laughs> and that have, was, us, have us ask you un- uncomfortable questions about your work yeah. in life. Oh, I like it. I like it. Uh, Nick, that was really good. Listeners, what you may not know is is that Nick is auditioning to replace our former co-host. Um, and so that was his uh, that was his uh, his pitch right there. That, that was my three pointer at the end of the game right there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't know if it went in yet. It's still hanging on the rim. We'll I see. No, we'll see. We'll see. We'll I'll let you know. Another. I'll get the text. Our people way. will talk to your people. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> our people will talk. There's to a you. relocation requirement, and mm. uh, there's no pay. Mm. And yeah. uh, well, you That's strike it. a hard bargain. <laughs> I guess yeah. I'm in. That's it. <laughs> but you don't have to do the editing. I mean, you That's got this great. guy. That's I mean, true. Nice. That's I mean, true. Well, I was in a meeting today, and I heard all you have to do is press. Uh, Press the space bar and you're fine. Press record. That's all and, podcasts, uh, all right? <laughs> I said, wow, way to devalue me as a human being. Oh. So <laughs> He's going to have to bleep out a lot of Wendell Berry so, references today. Yeah. So is, is our sucker punch uh, that guy who violates the national rule? Yeah, it's, it's an unspoken. Okay. All right. It's, it's unspoken. unspoken. <laughs> Things that we do not speak. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think, yeah, I think absolutely. Yeah, we should, a good sucker punch uh, we right should honorary sucker punch. Okay. Can, can I nominate a second sucker punch? Of course you can. Harper Collins for publishing to go uh, to send a Ooh, there you go. Right. Come for you, Harper. No, I'm sorry. Please don't dislike me, Harper. I'm your friend. I work for an agency and I'm really great and we can talk. But you shouldn't have published that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. 
There you go. All right. <laughs> what, all right. What are we reading? Let's 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 wrap it uh-huh. up. All right, Nick. What are you Nick, What are you reading right now? So I am I am reading Lee Finger's book. Um, oh my gosh! I got to give me a second. Um, it's in my um, piece uh, like a river. Why did that take me a second? It's incredible. And you had told me to read that mm-hmm. last year, but you said read it in the winter. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I got a copy like eight months ago, and I waited mm-hmm. until it was cold enough, until it mm-hmm. snowed. And I'm like, I need to read this mm-hmm. and. So I've been on a weird Midwestern kick. So I've been reading some Garrison Keillor. Mm, well, um, you, you do live in the Midwest. I do. So. And I love just like Minnesotan, cold, small town books. Um, mm. And then, yeah, so I'm reading that. Um, that's kind of been my, I've been I've been pawing through that pretty quick. Um, what else have I been reading? Uh, I have a couple other books that I started. I just, I just reread a, a Wendell Berry book. You can bleep that out. So I won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> Well, well, while you're talking about so uh, that that author of which we do not speak, uh, McKay, have you seen many of his books there? I, I have not. No. Okay. No, almost curious. none. Okay. Almost none. That's, yeah, that's fair. Okay. Um, but and then what am I? What am I reading besides? I'm, I'm reading three books. I brought three books with. Me. Oh, um, I just started uh, this morning. Um, what's it called? South of the border, north of it's um, Murakami. Oh, okay. I, I'm, I'm terrible with names today. It is, hold on, I'm going to get the name up. I'm pulling it up, I'm using the internet. Oh, yeah, South of the Border, West of the Sun um, by Hiroki Murakami. And mm. I've been I've been recommended it yeah. a lot. I've been recommended Murakami a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a great, a guy who just is a great writer, a really precise writer, but also just has a lot of really interesting music references, which I'm always here for. Sure, so, yeah. So I'll let you know how that goes if okay. you invite me back. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Dave, what are you up to? Well, I, I just finished Lonesome Dove finally. Oh, good. And we can't talk about it because Aaron was supposed to be in our book club, but he never showed up for any of our meetings. So, well, you know, And if it makes you feel any worse, <laughs> I'm on page 50. Uh, yeah. He's, yeah. <laughs> good, good thing that's a All quick right. short read. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah it's, you know. Yeah. You know. 850 pages. <laughs> it's yeah. fine. No, it's, uh, you, will, you will love it. You, you, I will say this. If I were to do it again... I would have found a quieter time of life. How yes. about that? I think and I, I and mean, that's been a I read it over a me. month and a half, and yeah. so, which is a long time for a book because I really want to get through it. I just physically couldn't. Yeah. Like, I was so busy, and I didn't get through a lot of books the last month like I usually would, and it's yeah. great. Um, I mean, I, it is as good as we've talked about. I think it was um, Andrew Osenga who mm-hmm. r- highly recommended and Barnabas, of course. So, Andrew yeah. Osenga is from uh, Bloomington Normal. That's right. That's another yeah, one right. I got. That's right. That's right. Yeah. The Normals, what up? I know. But I, and I'm starting mm-hmm. uh, Rainbow Six, the Tom Clancy novel, nice. which I'm very psyched about. Nothing like, man, American CIA stuff. Yeah. Working with other intel agencies, it's a party. Absolutely. Come on. Absolutely. It is. There may Absolutely. even be a Canadian in it somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Probably <laughs> of all, of not. all the books in the world that are out there in a library, <laughs> you're reading rainbows? Okay, I'm sorry. Did that, you just did, change your sucker punch wait, wait, today? Wait, wait, hold no, on. Are you insulting what I'm reading? I'm just asking. Are you really doing that? I'm asking why. <laughs> you're because, reading Rainbow Six. Because oh, it's like John Grisham, man. <laughs> No, the, I, dude, Tom Clancy, a different genre here, man. Come on. <laughs> Everybody needs their candy. That yeah, is kind absolutely. of, that's a bit of my that's candy. Great. That's great. Yeah. I, just, yeah. I, I have candy too. Absolutely. That's fine. Come on. But yours that's is actual it. candy and not. Mine is actual, just <laughs> yeah. like physical candy. Nice. No, it's okay. it's mostly like McDonald's, just junk yeah. food. Yeah. That's, that's fair. fair. No, you know what? Yeah. You do you, man. I've watched yeah. some terrible shows and <laughs> some real junk. <laughs> 
You've eaten McDonald's. I feel like that, that shot's not you're, going you're in now that I insist. Your not going well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's spinning, spinning no. around a toilet I mean, bowl right now. I mean, if I said John Grisham, I understand you guys should all pile on me here. But we like, absolutely like, should Tom dog Clancy, pile you. we've had nothing but good things to say about Tom Clancy for the most part. I mean, <laughs> well, now you're going to knock him, at me. I, I put, like... James Patterson, Tom Clancy, well, uh, all right. John so, At this point, they're all so writing the same book, aren't that's they? What I was, that's my right. thing. Yeah. But we're yeah. talking about thrillers all the time. I mean, yeah, really? Fine. I love thr- thrillers. are great. You can do good thrillers. I'm, yeah. Do you love thriller? Uh, he's problematic. Oh, yeah. He's problematic. He's problematic. That's fair. <laughs> but yes, it's a great song. He's problematic. <laughs> <laughs> was. He's dead. Yeah, rest in peace. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. well <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, well, uh, thanks reading? for asking, guys. I, what are you reading, Aaron? Yeah, thank you. Um, well, I am reading um, The Emotionally Healthy Leader by Pete Scazzaro. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I figured I would learn what it takes to be an emotionally healthy leader. Hi, that sounds like a great read. It actually is really good. Yeah. I don't like a lot of businessy type books or leadership books, but uh, this one's actually pretty good. Yeah. I always think I don't like business books until I read one. I'm like, oh, that was really helpful. Yeah. I like the, I like the summary pages in them. Yeah, like really short, punchy ones, yeah. like ones that are like bulleted, and you can read them. The quick. introduction of a Simon Sinek book, so that you've got the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, guys. On that note, that uh, is a good place for us to wrap up this episode um, before we say something that gets us sued um, or fired. <laughs> So, um, Lifeway can't fire me. That's true. Well, actually, well, they can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they can't. Probably well, could. They yeah. can. Well, this is you're probably the easiest of all. Yeah. I'm actually probably the easiest person to fire here. <laughs> this is not a process for you. No, <laughs> just cancel my contract. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, anyway, uh, listeners, thanks for uh, joining us for today's episode. Um, whether you loved it or not, give us a five star rating and review on on Apple Podcasts yep. or wherever you listen to the show, and uh, we'll talk to you later. This is an area code podcast.